Hey guys, welcome to the One Life Church podcast. We're so glad you're joining us today, and we hope this message encourages you and strengthens your faith. Enjoy the message. Well, this month the topic is harvest time, and I've entitled my message this morning, Now is the Time to Join the Harvest. The first scripture I think of when I hear the words harvest time is John chapter 4, verse 35. Do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. To me, Jesus is teaching the difference between natural and spiritual harvests. In other words, when it comes to harvesting, look through different eyes. Natural harvest, natural eyes. Spiritual harvest, spiritual eyes. Jesus didn't say, do not say. He said to them, do you not say. You're saying that you plant a crop, wait four months, then come back and bring in the harvest. I'm not saying that you're wrong. That's how a natural harvest happens. That's how the natural realm works. I'm saying look up. Look up with your spiritual eyes and you will see a different harvest. The harvest of souls is ready now. Don't wait. Join the harvest now. It can be saying the same to us. Don't wait four months. Don't wait four minutes. Don't wait four seconds. Join the spiritual harvest now. There's a harvest ready now. And that's what Jesus was saying. He wasn't saying they were wrong. How, how far do we go when we witness to someone and we tell them that they're wrong? We don't go very far at all normally. The walls come up. He wasn't saying you're wrong. He's saying I have a better way to look at this situation. I'm going to expand what you already know and uh, I'm going to you know, enhance. He's saying don't look at the harvest naturally. From now on, look at the harvest spiritually. There's a bigger harvest. There's a greater harvest. There's a mightier harvest to be had. And that's what I believe he was saying to them. And uh, see, Jesus wants us to be actively involved in the saving of people's souls from the pit of hell. That's the harvest he wants us in. It doesn't stop. Sowing for souls, reaping souls is perpetual. It's continuous, has no end at least before Jesus comes back anyway. There's no end. See, the believer's job description, if we're a believer, if we're born again of God's Spirit, our job description doesn't change. Whilst ever we're breathing, we're out to save souls. That's what the Bible says quite clearly. That's our mandate, to save souls. It's not a natural yearly cycle. You know, prepare the ground, plant the seed, wait approximately four months, harvest the crop, Leave the ground, fallow for a few months, prepare the ground, sow the seeds, harvest the crop. It's not perpetual. You know, the Old Testament even gave the ground a rest. You know, think of plant for six years and then the seventh year have a rest, give the ground a rest. That's not the continuous perpetual process Jesus wants. He wants more intensity and purpose. You know, because it's a different process when it comes to the saving of souls. The attitude of every believer should always be, sow, water, reap, sow, water, reap, sow, water, reap. That's the attitude of our heart should be always that. See, I believe in God's economy, there's not much distinction between them. See, most of the time when you begin sharing about Jesus, you don't know whether you're sowing, you don't know whether you're watering what's already been sown, or whether you're about to reap a harvest. After a while, you'll get the, the gist of where, where it's up to with that person. But when you start out and you meet someone, you start to witness about Jesus Christ and share about Jesus, 
You don't know whether you're digging up the ground and sowing the first seed in someone's life or whether you're watering what someone else has sown, whether you're watering even what you've sown or whether you're there and you're about to reap a harvest of that soul or multiple souls or whatever it is. You're not sure where that process is up to. But if we have the attitude that I'm either sowing, I'm watering or I'm reaping and then it won't matter which one we're up, where that person's up to, we'll be doing what they're required doing what's necessary for the saving of their soul. See, rarely is it all our work. That's what I'm trying to say. Rarely is it all our work. Actually, it's always God's work by His Spirit. He might have used multiple fellow workers for the soul or the souls to be harvested. He might have used many people. It doesn't matter to me how we look at it. The truth is God always does the saving by His Spirit. It's by His Spirit. And we're sowing all different things but it's always God's spirit. We're sowing. In John chapter 4, that's where we started. But I want to expand a bit more about this chapter, about how Jesus just went about the process of evangelism. I think it's a fantastic story. But I'll start from verse 6. It was on his way, actually... Uh, He was leaving Judea and he was, he was going to Galilee, but on the way he passed through Samaria. But verse 6, Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus therefore being wearied from his journey sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you being a Jew ask a drink from me? A Samaritan woman, for Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. See, when we're ministering, we can't hold preconceived and or prejudiced uh, conclusions about the situation, can we? On this occasion, it was coming from the other person. It was coming from the woman. She was guarded. And, uh, but we can't afford to judge naturally what we're looking at naturally. We need to look through, look beyond the natural. We need to look or discern spiritually instead. See, Jesus wasn't put off by the natural barriers. He didn't stop by the natural barriers. See, Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. He wasn't put off by that. A Samaritan woman at that. He actually pushed past the barrier, didn't he? He pushed back the preconceived ideas of, of the woman. He didn't have any preconceived ideas of himself. All he did was he just ministered into the woman's, ministered into her life. I'll go from verse 10. And Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself as well as his sons and his livestock? See, Jesus saved focus on the main mission, didn't he? He stayed focused on the task here. He didn't get distracted by the voice of reason. See, that was the voice of reason coming in from the woman. Now, where are you gonna, how are you going to get water out of the well? Are you greater than our father Jacob? It was all the reasons, all the reasons why Jesus couldn't get the water. He's talking about a different water here, isn't he? He's talking about a different situation. See, he was ministering into the woman's spirit by his spirit. He wasn't ministering into the or arguing naturally 
with the natural understanding. He wasn't arguing against the voice of reason with reason. He was ministering spirit to spirit. That's what he's doing. He was answering his, her questions with the life of his spirit. And we have the same spirit available to us. When we go to share the gospel, when we go to share the love of Christ with someone else, we have the same spirit on the inside of us. And too often we try to get caught up in vain arguments and wranglings and things like that when we should be just ministering into the spirit, ministering the life of Christ into the life of them. Every person has the life of Christ in them, you know, but it's a matter whether it's been overlaid with a lot of other stuff. It's up to us to allow God's spirit to ignite his spirit into someone else. And he's ministering into that. That's what he's doing the whole time. He's not getting distracted by the other stuff. Verse 13, Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst, nor come here to draw. <laughs> There's still a spiritual disconnect happening here. They still haven't connected spiritually. You know, the woman still was looking at things naturally. Give me this water so I don't have to perform this physical chore anymore. You know, I don't have to carry water for my household anymore. I need this water. It'd be great if I don't first, but even greater if the household doesn't first, if we don't need water anymore. See, back in those days, as far as I understand, I'm no theologian or whatever of the, of the cultures back then, but it was the woman, women that used to carry all the water. And uh, I reckon there would have been a lot of water required for a household. And she's saying, oh, this is great. It's a great idea if I can get good water like that, that I don't have to go to this well every day twice a day, I don't know how many times they went. If I don't have to carry the pots, if I don't have to do that, what great water this is. She still hadn't connected spiritually, had she? She was still looking through the natural eyes. But Jesus still stayed focused on her. He still stayed focused on the main thing. He didn't get distracted by trying to explain this or that. He just kept ministering into her spirit. Let's read on a bit more. Verse 16. Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you have well said, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands and the one whom you now have is not your husband. In that you spoke truly. Woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Now she's getting there, isn't she? She's getting there. They're connecting spiritually. And uh, sir, I perceive that you're a prophet. See, the original barrier of Jew and Samaritan is coming down. She's less guarded. She's opening up. See, he wasn't just an ordinary Jew anymore. He was a prophet. He, that, in her eyes, that's what I'm saying. Jesus is bringing life. He's feeding her spirit, not just her intellect. He's not feeding her knowledge. He's not feeding anything else. He's feeding her spirit. Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. So he's, the woman's coming on board. She's coming round. Verse 20 to 26. She starts to go deeper. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship. 
for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. <laughs> See, the woman is now placing herself in a position to be taught. She's, you know, she's yielding, submitting, humbling herself. I want to hear what you've got to say. She's interested in what Jesus has got to say. She's now hungry for more. And uh, just as she's doing that, the disciples turned up. Verse 27. And at this point, his disciples came and they marveled that he talked with a woman, yet no one said, what do you seek or why are you talking with her? See, it can often happen with us as well. You know, you're sharing important message of the gospel with someone. You're sharing the love of Christ. They're starting to trust you. They're starting to, you know, open up. And then some distraction comes along. Something else happens. There's an interruption. And sometimes we panic. You know, we become anxious that the moment of salvation is lost. All is lost. It's gone. It's blown now. Whoa. <laughs> but that's because we look at witnessing as an event and not a process. We look at it as, a, as an event. Unless they repent on the spot, all is lost. We're sowing seeds. We're watering you know, if we don't reap the harvest, someone else will. Seed has to have time to germinate, then grow. Learn to trust the Holy Spirit to do his work. If we're sowing seeds, if we're watering seeds, trust the Holy Spirit. It doesn't matter if we're the one that reaped the harvest or someone else reaps the harvest. It doesn't matter. There's a harvest that needs to be reaped. And it's perpetual, like I said earlier. It's going, it's growing. The harvest is there. We were part of a harvest now we, we're part of the next harvest. If we're a born-again believer, if we believe in Jesus Christ, we've been harvested. Now we're part of the next harvest. Did we get saved in a day? I didn't. It was a long process. It took years of people's prayers. It took years of things happening. I even got to the point, Elizabeth used to ask me, every, we're living in Candos and she'd come to Mudgee, not, not as often as she would have liked, as often as I would let her. To my shame. <laughs> she was coming up to Mudgee every time she came to come to church. She said, do you want to come? And I'd say, no. No, I'm not going. I won't repeat what I used to say. <laughs> but the thing is, one day she asked me and I said, yes. Yeah, I'll go. And then she turned to me and said, well, sorry, you can't come. The car's full. <laughs> she thought she'd blown it. She'd already agreed to take someone else, expecting me to say No. The obligatory, you know, do you want to come? She said, oh, no, you can't come. The car's full. All is lost. No, it wasn't. It took another month or so. I eventually got there. Rest is history, as they say. But the thing is, the moment is not lost. Seed is not lost. Germinate the seed. Or let the Holy Spirit germinate it. Keep pouring water on it. Keep praying. Keep sowing. Sow water, reap. So water reap. Verse 28. The woman wasn't lost at all. 
The woman then left her water pot, went her way into the city and said to the men, Come, see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came to him. In the meantime, his disciples urged him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said, I have food to eat of which you do not know. Therefore, the disciples said to one another, Has anyone brought him anything to eat? See, natural thinking again. Disciples are into the natural thinking. They're blinded to the spiritual again. He's back to... He's already got over the natural barriers with the woman. Now there's the natural barriers of the disciples kicking in. But she left the natural behind. She left the water pot there. She left the water pot, went into the city, come see a man who told me all the things that I've done. Could this be the Christ? She got, wasn't distracted by the natural anymore. She went to the well to get natural water she was running back to the city, I believe, running back to the city with spiritual water. Went, Come, see this man. He told me all that I ever did. She didn't mention that he was there for a drink of water. <laughs> she got rid of the natural realm, the natural part of it, left the water pot. Come, see this man. Could this be the Christ? She, wouldn't have been, she would have been real excited, I'm sure. She wouldn't have just been just waddled in the town. I'm sure she got there as fast as she could. You know, she had left. The, the disciples were into the natural, but this woman was into the, into the spiritual. Verse 34. Jesus said to them, My food is do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. I know we read that earlier. And then... And he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life, that both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. For in this the saying is true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you have not laboured, others have laboured, and you have entered into their labours. Team effort, isn't it? Team effort. The reward is shared. See, it's not a competition. For each of us to see how many we can get saved. It's a team effort. One sows, one waters, one reaps. Now there's a harvest for all to share. The reward is the same. No matter what we do, it's all in the obedience. It's all being part of the harvest to be actively involved in the process. That's what we need to rejoice in. Hey, I was involved in that. That's what we rejoice you know, share the joy, share the glory, rejoice together. You know, there's a soul saved today. There's a soul added to the kingdom. Let's rejoice together. The whole church rejoice. All of heaven rejoices when a repentant sinner comes to Jesus Christ. They join in the harvest as well. We got to join in the harvest and say, now is the time to join the harvest. I want to be in. Count me in. All the chips are in. You know, all my faith is in. Join the harvest. There's a harvest. When is the harvest ready? It's ready now. That's what Jesus said. It's ready now. Let's all join in the harvest and be part of the harvest. See, it's a command to give it our best effort. He's commanded us. He's given us the tools. He's given us a voice. He's given us the gospel. He's given us his Holy Spirit. He's given us the boldness to do it. We just got to let it out. 
The boldness is on the inside. If the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of us, then the boldness lives on the inside of us. It's a matter of getting it past our head and just opening our mouth and declaring the word of God, allowing souls to be saved. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified. He told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans had come to him, they urged him to stay with them and he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his own word. Then they said to the woman, Now we believe, not because of what you have said, for we ourselves have heard him, and we know that this indeed is the Christ, the Saviour of the world. See, only God can count the size of the harvest out of a meeting at the well with one woman. How big was that harvest? <laughs> See, they said not just your witness, it's for the witness of Christ as well. They, they said they've heard it twice now. To me, that's what, what the city is saying. See, not just your witness, we now have our own witness. You know, that this is the Christ. This is the Messiah. We know who this is. But it's because of one meeting at the well. If that barrier had been there in the first place, oh, the Jews don't talk to Samaritans. If Jesus, says, if Jesus had his own cup at the well then maybe the, he'd be gone before the woman got there. See, God ordained the meeting. He knew. And then, see, only God can count the size how big that harvest was. There was a, I'll just say this quickly. Years ago, I've mentioned this plenty of times, but years ago, Jack and Nolene heard he's the first pastors of the church. Well, the first pastors I was involved with this church anyway. They had a, a plaque in their hallway, and every time he went to the house, I read that plaque and I haven't forgotten it. It says, any fool can count the seeds in an apple, but only God can count the apples in a seed. You think about that. You know, we can cut open an apple and count how many seeds is in an apple. But when you plant a seed, how, many, how do we know how many apples come out of that one seed? How do you know how many apples or how many souls can come out of that one seed that we sow? Jesus sowed at the well. And he watered and he reaped. It doesn't always happen you know, in the one process. But as long as we're part of the process, as long as we join the harvest, the harvest for souls. See, we don't know how many souls can be touched by one word that we share, one person we share with. Praise God. If you're here today, you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. You don't know Jesus I don't know everyone here. Uh, you know where you're up to. But if you don't, haven't accepted Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, you haven't accepted Jesus into your heart, we need to do so. You need to accept Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. You need to ask him in. How hard it is it? It's not very hard at all. You just say, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I thank you that you died on the cross for me. I, I ask you to come into my heart and now I want to live your way. Teach me. You know, help me, Jesus, to live according to your way. Just go through the prayer. As the music starts, just go through the prayer. Say, Jesus, come into my heart. Jesus, be my Lord and Saviour. When you do that, tell somebody. Tell the world. Tell somebody about Jesus.